Yes, Lord. He's worthy to be praised. Yes, Father. So we give him praise tonight. Yes, Father. Father, we declare your Lordship in this meeting. Yes, Lord. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you come and teach us all things. Because the Bible says the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. Amen. So we are, our heart is set tonight, oh God, to listen to you. Yes, Father, for adventure, there are people with stony heart. Take away every form of stony heart. Amen. And let us recover with the heart of flesh. Amen. At the end of this meeting, we shall glorify your holy name. In Jesus' anointed name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Let's move forward because it seems a lot of people are at the back. Holy Ghost is uh, doing something in front. Please, let's move forward. Amen. And put more chairs. Yadra, move to that side. They can come and uh, sit together here. Yes. Let's put more. Yes. Move forward. Move forward. Move forward. Move forward. There's nobody sitting down here. Move forward. Yeah, so we'll be going to City 3 today, but I want contribution, you know. I want contributions, and uh, if God permit me, I really want to add some stuff as well to the book of Isaiah. First of all, I want to thank you all for coming. Your... Amen. No, no, no. Why not phone Just... Praise the Lord. God is good. All the time. Hallelujah. God has been so good to me. I don't know about you. Yes, even the life that we breathe in is something. There are some people that want life, but they don't have. But we have life, an abundant life. People are uh, whiling away in the wilderness of the devil, but God has saved us and delivered us from the kingdom of darkness even into his wonderful kingdom of light. So I want contribution. How many people are contributing? One, two, three, four, yes, five. So five. So I seal it up. Microphone. Like I said, I want to thank you all for coming. Because if you are not here, there is nobody I'm going to teach. You understand what I'm saying? Hmm? Praise the Lord. Well, I mean, we've done two chapters. One mommy was saying, well, do you want to do the latest one or both, mommy? Mm-hmm. Do you want contributions on both, Isaiah? Anything that you want to, you know, as long as I'm mindful of the time. Okay, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, while mommy was away, Pastor Debbie took us through two chapters. Mm. 
at Isaiah 61 and Isaiah 62. Uh, just quickly going through Isaiah 61. From verses 1 to 3, it talks about when the Spirit of the Lord is upon a man or a woman and all the things we will do. So I sort of cross reference that to Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how, Jesus, uh, how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all manner of sicknesses and diseases. So in Isaiah 61, um, here, the prophet Isaiah was prophesying that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, again referring to the Lord Jesus Christ, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to, pro to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. I think somewhere in the book of Luke, Jesus actually fulfilled this um, prophecy when he went to the temple and said, today, this scripture is fulfilled because Jesus went about healing all manner of sicknesses and diseases. How do we apply that to our lives? The man of God has just taken up through the Holy Ghost Convention and ever since then we've been praying about um, the, for the Lord to anoint us daily with the Holy Ghost and with power. So we have the empowerment from God. It is now left for us, you and me, to go out there to the street to um, use the power that God has given to us to heal the sick. As Apostle have said, the power, the gift will not be manifested unless we are in service doing the work of God. And just quickly going down to verse 7 of Isaiah 61, instead of your shame, you will, re you will receive a double portion. And um, verse 10 says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. I love this um, chapter very much. I mean, this verse very much. I pray it every day. So, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. I believe, as believer, this is what we should be seeking daily, seeking God's presence. As Exodus 34, thereabouts, tells us that, you Lord, I want your presence to go with me. I won't go unless your presence go with me. So we should be seeking to cover ourselves daily with God's garments of salvation in rope of righteousness. How do we do that? By praying. When we observe the hours of prayer, we are delighting ourselves, singing praises, worship. I remember our Father in the Lord told us last month that we should be singing about and the Yahweh, Yahweh, and all that. And for seven days, and to God's glory, I practiced that. And when we sang that song on Sunday, it was as if I was in heaven. I was so happy and all that. And I found out that the more I take time to study God's word every day, pray, the more I'm really so excited in the things of God, so zealous for my God. I just pray that the revival which the Holy Ghost Convention have started in my life will spread through to all other people. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to be talking about Isaiah chapter 62. And while we went through it, things that stood out for me. The first one is who is a watchman. And Isaiah himself demonstrated this from verse 1. He said that he would not keep silence. And as a watchman himself, he refused to keep silence. So as a watchman, you must have a purpose. He said, I will not remain quiet. And he said, until a vindication shines out like dawn. And if we look at the instruction he also demonstrated in verse 6, it says the same thing. I have posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. And that's for us. He's demonstrated it in the first part. 
and they will never be silent day or night. And pastor took us through that and spoke about how as a watchman you have to be prayerful day and night. And what also stood out is that when you pray, you actually pray day and night, your prayers will be fulfilled. And we saw everything in Isaiah 62, how God's promise was fulfilled at the end of it in verse, um, from verse 11, when God now started bringing forth prophecy from him interceding. The other thing I want to mention is in verse 5a. It says, as a young man marries a young woman, so will your builder marry you. As a bridegroom rejoice over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. It's just to say that this just demonstrates what is written in the book of Hebrews 3 verse 4. That says God himself is the builder of everything. And in our life, we should just release ourselves as it's changing our name, as we saw in that chapter, God himself is building us up. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Um, commenting briefly, I will especially concentrate on the lessons I have learned in verses 1 to 7 and verses 11 and 12. Firstly, I want to remind us that God said this is a year of divine favor and month of restoration. He has said and is saying this to us that he would give himself no peace until his splendor, righteousness, and salvation spreads over to all of us in safety and that we all partake of his blessings. He also said we will be a royal diadem in his hand, and none of us, absolutely no one in safety, will be desolate and forsaken. We shall continually enjoy the love and countenance of God. We are the bride of Christ, and our God will complete the work he has started in us when we first accepted him. See Philippians 1.6. In addition, he said, Christ's faith of an shall be the praise of the heart. God said through prophet Isaiah that we should give him no rest until he accomplishes his heart and fulfills his promises. Isaiah 62, 6 to 7, and Luke 11, 5 to 8, and Matthew 7, 7, where Jesus Christ still teaches and still speaks parables on prayer and importunity in prayers, that we should persevere and be persistent in prayer. Jesus used this parable because he wants us to keep praying until our prayers are answered. Because he fulfills his words in his own time. And to give God no rest and not stop praying until we see the manifestations of his miracles and blessings upon our lives and in our church. The Lord will surely, the Lord will surely restore us all in all areas and aspects of our lives in Jesus' name. And we will all be partakers of all the blessings he has promised us. Because our God delights in us and we are told in verse, eight, in verse 5, to visualize how a young married man delights in his bride. Brethren, but we have work to do as well. We are the watchmen on the walls of Zion, and we should not relent in our efforts in prayers. We should bring more people to Jesus' kingdom and spread the truth and gospel to all our sundry. So then, what are the things we need to do as believers and children of God? We need to hold on to the promises of God, and the promises will become our, and his promises will become our prayers. Until it comes to fulfillment and fiction. Praise the Lord. Um, I'm going to contribute from Isaiah 62. Um, God loves us and did not create us to destroy us. 
He created us in his image and likeness, Genesis 1:27. God's plan is good and not evil, Jeremiah 29:11. He does not sleep nor slumber concerning us, Psalm 124, verses 4. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will never sleep nor slumber. He confirmed this in, the verse, in verses 1 and 2 when he said, For Zion's sake, I will not keep quiet. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet. God wants to vindicate us from our wrongdoings in order for reconciliation to commence. God loves us and wants us to be one and wants to be one with us. And he compared this relationship between a man and a woman in marriage. Just like a man is filled with delight as he sees his bride approaching him as he stands at the other end of the aisle and takes her by the hand. So also God wants to do the same for us. God wants to be one with us. That's the reason he sent his son. John 3:16. God wants to take delight in us. Isaiah 62:4. However, just like a man asks his bride for a hand in marriage in anticipation that she will accept his proposal, as he cannot force her into marriage. So also God is reaching out his hand in hope that we accept his offer in marriage. The Bible says, can two walk together unless they agree? Amos 3.3. 3. Therefore, we, we need to be in agreement for vindication to commence and for marriage to take place. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to contribute from Isaiah 61, verse 8. He said, For I, the Lord, love justice. So we learn that our God is a just God. And our God loves justice because he confirms the word of God in the book of Proverbs, chapter 21, verse 3, which says to do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. When we do righteousness, when we do the right thing or have a right standing in God, that is more acceptable than all the sacrifices. You may say you are giving to the Lord, but if you are not doing the right thing, if you don't live in, for, in forgiveness, if you do not live a life of love, then your offering is not acceptable. So God loves righteousness. He loves justice because he's a just God. But he says that he hates robbery. And we talked, we referred that to Malachi chapter 3 from verse 8 to 10, which says that when you do not pay your tithes, you are a robber. And the Bible says that we should bring all our tithes to the house of the Lord so that there may be food in his house. So if you find yourself not being devoted or being committed or faithful in your tithe paying, then to God you are a thief. And he also said you hate wrongdoing. And that confirms First John chapter 5, verse 17, which says all wrongdoing is a sin. And we make reference to Colossians 3, 5 to 9, where it listed all the wrongdoings, which is impurity, uh, immorality, loss, evil desires, malice, slander, filthy languages. All these are all wrongdoings, and God says he hates it. So when we find ourselves doing all these things, then we are being separated from God, and God does not like any wrongdoing. May the Lord enable us to search ourselves on a daily basis so that we will live a righteous life. Amen. Praise the Lord. My contribution is on Isaiah 62, verses 1 to 4, which reads, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake I will not remain quiet, till her vindication shines out like the dawn, and her salvation like a blazing torch. Nations will see your vindication, and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. 
No longer will they call you deserted, or name your land desolate, but you will be called Hephzibah, and your land Buda, for the Lord will take delight in you, and your land will be married. Considering the great sins of the people of Israel and Judah, God had every right to ignore their cries and turn a deaf ear to their pleas. However, for the sake of his covenant, he would not keep silent till Israel was vindicated and became a blazing torch to the nations, dangerous if you threatened her and their gods, but protective if you respected them. God would exalt Israel above all the Gentiles, and all kings would see her great glory. She would become a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, and she would become like a diamond in the hand of God. No one would dare to call her deserted or name her land desolate, but... They would be called new names that God himself would give them, as spoken in Revelation 2.17b. They, they themselves would be called Hephzibah, which means my delight, for they would become the delight of God. And Bula, which means married, for their land would be married to prosperity and success. I decree and declare that so shall it be for you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Today my contribution is on Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 2, which reads, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Uh, right now, I would just like us to turn our Bibles to Luke 4, verses 16 to 19, which reads, He went to Nazareth where he, had be, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue. As was his custom, he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is a question I would like to ask everyone. If Jesus, the Son of God, perfect in both humanity and deity, still is asking for the Holy Spirit, how much more should we need it? Amen. Amen. The Bible talks about older women, uh, older ones teaching the younger. Uh, prophet, apostle Eric, <laughs> Pastor Eric, <laughs> you know, is it Derek or okay, Derek? He's an example to the core. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, this young boy is picking it up. May God help us so that we can pick it up too. We are all clapping. They must go on the internet, this young boy. Let them see all over the world. The children that Christ with Tabernacle are producing yes. in Jesus' name. Because these are some of the things I want to make reference to. That book of Luke. The manifestation of Isaiah's word. That God is not a man that if you lie. Anything is speak through his prophet, it is so. I just want to make reference to it and then go on. But they finish it all. What can I say? I really want to. I really want to thank God for them. And I pray that in your generation, the Lord will make you a mouthpiece. The, the grace of God that is rested upon you now will continue. Amen. No one, no devil, no evil will be able to take this from you. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Why are the, the, another question I want to ask us, according to that, Isaiah 62, verse 6. 
that watchmen are placed on the wall of Jerusalem. Why did Isaiah ask for this help for watchmen to be placed on the wall of Jerusalem? So that everything that Isaiah has said will come to pass. We must not do things without purpose. What God has spoken, sometimes we hear prophecies. We don't pray about it. It's a sign that we have to pray about anything. Even if God is revealing to you, you must continue to pray about it. Let me keep this opportunity to speak to us about what God revealed to me. About two days ago, I woke up about 3 a.m. Confused situation all over because I went back to the dream. Something is about to happen. I don't know what. Let me pre-warn you. And these things need prayer. We must pray on a regular basis. Don't just wake up myself, my family, my work, and that's all. You must begin to pray beyond that band. And those of us that don't pray at all, you must begin to pray. That instead of wrath, that God should have mercy. He got to a point where everybody has gone to the, got to the last point. I saw a lot of people, some people are going to throw their computer there because the end is about to come. People throwing all the things that they have because the end is about to come. I saw one of the pastors in the church and said, ah, if the end is going to come, let me wear my collar. Let it meet me in my collar. I was there. I was like contemplating, Lord, instead of Lord, have mercy. Because I don't want the end to come in a very, in a very bad way like this. Because I know there are still more people that we need to reach because of the Spirit of God that is upon our lives. So let's not take all these things that we do in the church, let's not take it as activity. If I'm not there, if I'm not there, no, 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 you must be there so that we can learn more. Why did Isaiah raise men to be intercessors for him? We must all be intercessors for our home, for our church, for our community, for our children, for our place of work, for anything that we are doing. Any prophecy, like I chip in this dream that I've had now, in the midst of confusion, people are, some people are giving up. I didn't give up in the dream. I didn't give up because there is no death on our eyes. Amen. Amen. Jesus, we always have mercy, like have mercy upon the children of Israel here. You always have mercy. So I was just praying for God's mercy. Instead of all these things, that because it seems something is about to happen that I don't know, I have to wake my husband and say, look. And I went back into the dream, the same thing. So I've not even had a clue till now, and I'm still praying. So I want every one of us to join together in prayer. We don't know what is about to happen. Something is about to happen. Maybe the coming of the Lord. Maybe this terrible thing is going to happen. Because I can see that people are giving up. And they are just giving up their things and say, okay, if we are going to die, if anything is going to happen, but you know me, I'm not going to die. I shall not die but live. But Lord, instead of your wrath, have mercy. So Isaiah have to place people on the wall. I say for this, for this to come to, to be or pass, Isaiah need to set men in place in the area of prayer to watch and pray on behalf of all the nation. Chapter 6 verse 7. All these things that God has spoken concerning in that Isaiah 62. You will be this, you will be that. There are a lot of prophecy that has been given concerning us. Because prophecy has been given concerning you does not mean it will come to pass. You will, you will have to pass the test of time. Prophets have been giving a lot, about a lot of people and they are doing the wrong thing. Because the enemy has come to kill, to steal and to destroy. And because the enemy has come, interrupted their life. So it seems as if, will this thing come to pass? Everything needs prayer. So as I have to put men in place and say, for this that God is said concerning us, will be royal diadem, will be the light of the Lord, will be all this, you know. For it to come to pass, we must shock it up with prayer. 
So we must take prayer as very, very important thing as part of our lives. And that takes us to Isaiah 63. Uh, Elder has gone uh, on holidays with uh, uh, our beloved sister. So the clock is not here. So let's bring the clock so that we can see the clock. Time. So we pray for them. They have gone on holiday. They are part of us here. Every time you always see them Bible study. When you don't see them, you don't need to phone them. They are on holidays. Amen. Those of you that are earning money, you don't want to spend your money, prepare to go on holidays. Amen. You can go on holidays in Birmingham. You can go on holidays in London here. Yeah. As long as you don't come out from anywhere, just find the time for yourself to just go and release yourself. You are, you are, you are working, you are earning. Make sure that you release yourself and rest as well because Jesus gave us this example. So we need that clock to be ticking there so I can be able to follow. So I really want to thank God for our lives. And if I can make some reference to uh, some of the references that God has given to me, uh, the whole of Isaiah 61 talks about that we are the priests of the Lord. The Bible calls us royal priesthood, a holy nation, peculiar people, people that have been set aside to do the work of God, to do the work of ministry, to minister the word of God. So we must not entangle ourselves, like you have just spoken, with anything that will debar us from manifesting this that uh, has been spoken concerning us. Jesus did not allow anything to stop him. When the time came, Jesus was able to manifest that prophecy. In Luke chapter 4, 19 to 20, and I really thank God for a young man that actually recited it for us. And uh, the Lord will continue to bless you. Your feet shall stand the gates of, the, of Jerusalem, which is the church of God, for you to say more things. What next, after we are saved or anointed? A lot of people sit down on their salvation. They don't do anything. What next? I was in an interview today. They were interviewing me. What is it that is moving me, that is making me to create a lot of avenues for the church and we have all this set of protocols and everything? Yes, because people don't need to come to church and sit down like uh, something, you know, and go back the same way. Everybody must act, must be doing something. The Spirit of God that comes upon you might be that you go and release people outside and do evangelism which is supposed to be for everybody. The Spirit of God that comes upon you must be that you reflect His glory like Isaiah 60. That's the Spirit. So that every moment you are reflecting God's glory, you don't let your attitude, your conduct, bad lifestyle to clothe, to, to entangle around about you, and then you are not a blessing. When the Spirit of God comes upon, upon us, it changes change us from glory into glory. That's the way it's supposed to be. And in this case, when Isaiah prophesied it, Jesus manifested it. May we manifest this prophecy too. In Jesus' name. What has the Spirit of God come upon us to do? To preach the good news to the poor. The poor in heart or spirit. The priestly ministry, I call it, and the service to mankind. How do we preach? He said we should arise and shine. For the glory of God has come upon us. The glory of God is like the glory that comes upon a bridegroom that we notice his bride and that make them to be husband and wife, and everybody could see the glory, the way the people are looking. That is exactly the glory of God. When it comes upon us, it radiates. It attracts people. People that have never gotten married before, they say, oh, this type of wedding is the type of wedding I want to, I, I want to have. You understand? What has the glory of God done? We need to carry on the great work of Jesus by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. That is when Jesus was going. He said to the disciples, he said, now I'm going and I'm leaving the Holy Spirit, which is going to teach you all things. So when the glory of God comes upon us, when we are anointed or saved, we are supposed to go out there and reflect him on a regular basis. He promised at his departure 
from the world, which is uh, what he was telling them. He said, I'm going, but I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit, comfort, the one that will comfort you, the one that will teach you all things. And he manifested it in the book of Acts. What are the Spirit of God that comes upon us to do? He will heal the brokenhearted. When we reflect God's glory all the time, people that are broken, that are around us, will be able to be attracted, and they will come to us and say, look, this is my life. And when they speak to you, you'll be able to help them in their challenges. When the Spirit of God comes upon us, what does he do? He helps us to proclaim liberty or freedom to the captives. I put there the book of Luke chapter 5, verse 20. These are some of the things that Jesus did while he was on earth. The Spirit of God helped help him to proclaim liberty or freedom to the captives. People that are sick, when they met Jesus, they get healed. People that have uh, issue of blood, met Jesus at the touch of Jesus. So let the Spirit of God that is in us, let us release help to many people around us. To release from devil's prison those who are bound. That is reference to those that are in earthly prisons. There are a lot of people that are in earthly prisons now that I'm seeing. Physical prisons, people that because of what they have done, the theft, all the things that have happened to them, worldliness, that have led them to cheating and all this that have led them to God. These are the people we are talking about physically. What about spiritually? When the Spirit of God is in us, we must be able to release a lot of people from prison. You know, I was at the wedding this last weekend. My heart soared. I cried in my spirit with what I saw. Thank God for those of them that we are teaching in the church that are uh, making use of it. Thank God for people that are not making use of it. The more we have to talk about this. And I saw people that are not members of the church as well. You know, that open themselves. I wish they hear this gospel or they hear this message. They'd be able to do better. So these are the people that are still under the prison of Satan. They don't know what they're doing. They go to church. I was sitting down there and said, God, all these people go to church. Yes. And they open themselves like this. Yes. It's difficult. I can't believe when the Holy Spirit of God is upon your life, you cannot go naked. You understand what I'm saying? You cannot wear something that is like one side out and they were so proud. You cannot open your body. You look at yourself in the mirror before you go out. The ones you are telling, they are in that mistake. You know, I just pray. I was just praying there. Because if Jesus will come there, not everybody is going to go. I said, God, I said, I said, if you come, please let me go. Because I've been having this dream and I know what God is saying. And these are part of the things. So when the Spirit of God releases people from the prison of worldliness, people cannot know that they are worldly in the things that they do. He releases you from worldliness. You can't just do what the world does. He picks you out. So when the, I believe that the Spirit of God is upon us to save us from all things. That if you see a bride, you wear clothes, you are seeing the breast, or you are seeing their bra, a bra, and all the rest of that. The Spirit of God is there, but they are not making use of the Spirit of God. So I have to be praying. I prayed, pray, pray, pray when I left the wedding. You understand? I can give that as an example. And I see members of the church. I see the Spirit of God is in you. cannot even wear cloth that is open part of your body or exposes you. No, you can't do it. Do you understand? These people are still in the prison of Satan. Yet they are born again. God, this is the reason why Isaiah um, uh, set men in place to be praying. And those of you that are said to be praying, you must pray for the church of God seriously. Because I could see in that vision, and because of what I've seen in the vision, I see that a lot of people are giving up everything. They've given up. And said that, I know, they are ready to face the punishment. Because when we talk, 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 if Jesus will have to come, will you be a part of the people? Or you are going to church, it's just history. 
or you are going to church is just because you are following people to church. You must be genuine in your heart. It's not what I want to do, but what the Bible says we should do. Even myself, I began to ask myself, what is it that you want me to do that I'm not doing, that I'm not being an example? Because I want to be an example to the court. That's why I said to some of you, correct me well. I do, I do, I'm, not, I'm not above correction, but just know how you correct me. You must respect that age upon my head. But eventually I'm getting out. Because everybody needs to be corrected and do the right thing in God. Jesus is coming. How will we find that you're coming to church and all the rest of that? So I want to encourage people that come to Bible study. Make use of the word of God. Because the lack of the word, the lack of the wisdom and the grace of God upon your life, will make you to act anyhow. Before you do anything, Holy Spirit will tell you. We said, no, you can't. No, you can't. I was somewhere the other day. Somebody was wearing tight, tight clothing. All the shape was showing. I was like, Holy Spirit, is this born again? That doesn't know how to wear, not to wear tight clothings. After all, they say somebody raped me. Because you have exposed it. People can rape you normal like this, like you could, but when you, when you provoke it, it's judgment before God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That, for that reason, that's when the Spirit of God is upon us. I'm talking about releasing you from devil's prison. The prison of worldliness. The prison of you going and teach them the Bible, the scripture. I said, salvation helps in our release from spiritual prison. This is also demonstrated by Jesus to many he called to himself. I put some scriptures there. Romans chapter 3, 23. Ephesians 3, 1 to 2. If you have the time, you can go and read them. Uh, Ephesians, no, it's Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. Philippians 1, verse 1, Matthew 28, that talks about evangelism, John 6, that talks about evangelism, Jesus is coming shortly, we must begin to go out to release, not, you know a lot of you go to, for evangelism with wrong minds, we don't go to evangelism because we want the people, we want the church to be full, no, we go for evangelism because we want people to be saved, and when they come to church, they'll be able to reflect God as they have seen it in church demonstrated. They'll be able to be, be obedient to the word. We don't want them to come and fool our church. Even if the church is one, we want to make sure this one is going to heaven. So before you go on evangelism, don't just be crazy that you are going on evangelism. Pray. I know we pray before we go out here, but pray from home and say, God, as I'm going, let the book of Isaiah chapter 60, let it reflect my life. I really want to reflect God. When people see me doing the evangelism, it's not only taking the leaflet or listening to me, but let them come with me to church to come and learn. And help those of us that are in the church to be able to reflect Jesus on a regular basis. Because we walk, we interact with these people at places of work. That's the mother seated there, and it's helping by raising these children. It's not only me that is teaching them in Bible, in Bible study. The mother is also impacting in one way or the other. Parents are impacting. Today, people leave their children only for, the, for Sunday school teachers. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Let's all work together. The other day, we see all these children playing there. People, even part of the church have asked me, ah, those ones, they are too young. They are too young to be. But don't you see them? Those children are going places for the Lord. The other one, now the, the parents pay almost about. The, the, this, I was asking, I said, why did you change the saxophone? He said, it's too, it's too big for him. But the one that that boy is carrying is about 300 pounds. That one that looks like toy. 
Because they said that one is for children. So as the church is trying, let parents too try. Let's try to encourage our children in God. Let's not, not only be educated and on education. No, no, no. That's not only place we spend, we spend money. Let's encourage them by bringing them, dressing them up. You see the boldness with which these children are contributing. I'm so proud of them. I can take them places. If the church now decides and said, I want to send these two boys to go and represent a possibility somewhere, don't even tell me that hey, they are not sending our children. They, are, they have made up their mind to follow Jesus, so we know that they are born again. Do you understand? So when the church decides on them, they will, they will go places with Apostle Williams. Are you listening to me? So let's raise our children. Those of you that are bringing your children, continue to bring your children. You know, and from small. Because they, they identify with this. So that we can both train them together. Our children will know they are left from their right. I'm so sorry. A lot of parents, they are no more training their children. We have so much to do as believers. So we must raise intercession on the walls of this nation. So that things will happen. So what, when the Spirit of God is upon us, He helps us to comfort those who mourn in Zion. Even right from the church here, the Spirit of God will not make you to be condemning people. Is he the only one? Is he it is? You understand? So that they, they can repair the broken cities for God to be glorified. That's the reason why the Spirit of God is upon us. We are called the priests of the Lord and we are expected to serve Verses 10 and 11, which you have contributed, the joy that comes on us is likened to the joy at a wedding. The bridegroom and her bride. And Isaiah 62, that I'm still talking about. For all these things that have been prophesied to happen, from verse 1 to 4 uh, or 5, then we must gather men together, must put people in place. So I want to encourage both parents now. You can't just be sleeping and bringing children to the world. You must be that person that God has planted on the walls of your home to be praying for your children. You must be those people, the intercessor that God has planted together in the church of God. And you must be part of them. You can't be raising children and you are not part of the intercession. I'm tired today. No. You must make sure that we intercede for a generation. Because this generation needs intercession. I tell you, because when I start to see things that I've seen, like I saw in the wedding, I was, I was disappointed. I cried till I got home. I was doing my makeup. My makeup was falling out of my face. I could see that God is unhappy. Do you understand what I'm saying? You must not be, uh, what do we call it here? You must not be uh, sheep in the church. There were wolves outside there. I want to be proud and say, she's a member of my church. And I say, yes. He's a member of I will say, yes. But when you do things that are not, even my children, I tell them, if anybody tells me about you, I said, you are, yes, by birth you are my, my children, but by godly, godly this thing you are not. My own children are in church. Those who listen to what God is sending me to tell them. So you can be by birth, maybe come to me, but you, can, you might not. I can disown you as my own child. It's as deep as that. And I can disown any member of the church if you refuse to follow the God that I'm bringing before you. I can disown you. When people ask, is this one to go to your church? I say, no. I said, no. He's not a member of my church. Because he just said, my sheep hear my voice, and the voice of stranger they will not follow. I said, maybe she's coming to church, but she's not a member of my church. And she's neither a member of God's church, maybe she's in the devil's church. Because they only hear what the devil said they want to hear. They will not be in the devil's church. So the Spirit of God has come upon us. Let it move us to do great things in God. 
Let it move us to reflect God. Let it move us to reflect God's glory as the sun. Because he said that towards the book of Isaiah chapter 60. Let it continue to move us. And it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. When we start to read Isaiah 63, because the time is fast spent now. And I really, I, I made up my mind that I want to release us on time so that I can get home on time and sleep on time. You start to see the Lord in judgment and salvation. This we will look into very well when next we will come. I just want to read verse 6, what I've jotted down in verse 6 for you. As I observe a lone figure with red stained garments coming from Edomite, which represent the enemies of God's people, that figure was the Lord, who alone by his own strength defeated the enemy of his people and is able to fulfill all his purposes. And this lone man is everywhere with us, anywhere we go. You can see several times he's unhappy with our situation, but thank God for Jesus. He's the only one that we offend, and the, his covenant of peace still remains. And he'll make peace quickly with us as long as we come back to him. I want us to end up with just, I just read that Isaiah 63, verses 1 to, to 6. Because if I stay here today, we will not go. Amen. And I'm going to read verse 10 as well, so that you go back home, digest it. Say God's day of vengeance and redemption. Who is this coming from Adam? From Bozra, with his garments stained crimson. Who is this robed in splendor, striding forward in the greatness of his strength? It is I who claim in victory, mighty to save. Why are your garments red, like those of one treading? The winepress. I have trodden the winepress alone. From the nation, no one was with me. I trampled them in my anger. Hallelujah. God is speaking in parables here. He's not happy with the, as we continue to sing. And he says, and wrote them down in my, in my wrath. Their blood spat, uh, spattered my garments. And I stained all my clothing. I was, uh, it was for me the day of vengeance. The year for me to redeem had come. I looked, but there was no one to help. I was appalled that no one gave support. So my own arm achieved salvation for me, and my own wrath sustained me. I trampled the nations in my anger, in my wrath. I made them drunk and poured their blood on the ground. May we not continue to arouse God till we get to this. He's still fighting the battle of delivering us, but sometimes we make him angry. Then he, he, he went here. Verse 7. Praise and prayer. He said, I will tell of the kindness of the Lord, the deed for which he is to be praised. According to all the, all the Lord has done for us, Yes, the many good things he has done for Israel. According to his compassion and many kindness, he said, Surely they are my people. Surely they are my children who will be true to me. And so he became their savior. In all their distress, he too was distressed. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. You see, that's why sinning and all the rest of that. We must keep that. 
we do not just think that because God is not, uh, we, we, we sin, He will forgive us. It, it cannot go like that forever. Do you know that maybe because of your dressing, you can lose an opportunity in life? Because of your dressing, reflecting God in a different way, you can die. Let me tell you that. Because you have, you have shown to people that you are Christian, but you have come out that you are, you are wolf. It can, your dressing can cause you to die. Because when you misrepresent God, it can, God can be angry. You will not even wait to be able to see. So I'm trying to tell us, those of us that are God's lover. He says here, in all their distress, he too was distressed. We can make God to be distressed. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them. All the days of old. Like what happened to them in the wilderness. Death all over. Because when you do something, it has been you die. Then you die. But today we are living in the days of grace. And some of us are taking the grace of God for granted. Let's look at this man that is in the wine press. He's full of anger. Our sins has made to cause blood on him. Stained him. Yet he went to the cross of Calvary for us. Let's continue to think about this world. Words and let's know how to serve God. Yet they rebel. That's verse 10. Hmm. When we rebel, the spirit of God is grieved. He said, yet they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he turned and became their enemies. And he himself fought against them. May we not see the battle of God. When we continue to do things that God doesn't want us to do, he said, the spirit of the Lord was grieved because of the behavior of his people. May we not grieve the spirit of God. A lot of us in our conduct, in our attitude, in everything that we do, we grieve the Spirit of God and we just feel that we just jolly in it. That's why you are here tonight to hear the Word of God. That's why you are here in church to hear the Word of God. That's why God has called you as special people to hear this that you are hearing tonight. May God give us listening here to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. God has set His angels concerning us so that we will not step our foot against stone, according to Psalm 91. But each time the angel of God is trying to guide us, we are setting our foot against stone. You can die. And we must keep it to what I'm saying. Hey, it's fashion. I must follow the fashion world. Then follow God. Uh, follow the world and leave God alone. Don't start to use God as a pretense. As a shield. God will not shield you. You are out of his presence. Because he's not happy with any disgraceful thing that we do. As a parent, when a child disgraces you, will you continue to say, it's my child? How will this not denounce that child? I can be friend with you. I can love you. You understand? But like you cannot be close to me. You are far away, my dear. Are you listening to me? Sally, when I've imparted God, I've put God, I've done everything, and you still want to be my child, you cannot be my child. I've disowned you before you know it. And that is God. Because you can't keep on bringing disgrace to me. I will not take that disgrace. If, if, if I will not take the disgrace, how much more God? But God is full of compassion. But let's not take the compassion for granted. Because that's why he said, they have rebelled and grieved the Holy Spirit. So he turned and became their enemy. And he himself fought against them. May we not see the fight of God against us. Then his people recalled the days of old. The days of Moses and his people. Where is he who brought them through the sea? Then you are looking for God's miracle. It will not happen. You will never see it. Ah, you did the exam. You are passing the exam. No, that is not miracle. Look at people with cancer. It takes only those that God wants to deliver from cancer. 
to deliver them. Cancer is something that they said everybody has, isn't it? But by the grace of God upon our lives, because we are serving him, the devil cannot uh, uh, touch us. But when you get out of the boundary, more than cancer will happen to that person. And it will seem as if, where is this God? The one that divided the rest Sea asunder. The one that makes way for the children of Israel during the time of the Red Sea. He's not going to come to nobody's hell because you have disgraced him. He said, the days of Moses and his people. Where is he? Who brought them through the sea? With the shepherd of his flock. Where is he? Who set his Holy Spirit among them? Who sent his glorious arms of power to be at Moses' right hand? Who divided the waters before them to gain for him everlasting renown? Who led them through the depths like a horse in open country? They did not stumble. Where is this God when you are going through your shame because you have brought God to shame? He will not appear. Like cattle that go down to the plain. They were given rest by the Spirit of the Lord. This is how you guided your people to make for yourself a glorious name. The Spirit of God is still there, but when we rebel, the Spirit of God leaves His people. The Spirit of God that gives rest, because in that verse 14, we began to talk about the Spirit of God. Let me even finish reading it. Look down from the heaven and see, from your lofty throne, holy and glorious, where are your zeal and your might? Your, your tenderness and compassion are we tell from us. God will actually do that when you start to put God to shame. You bring disgrace upon God. He will leave you for the devil because God doesn't see sin. He will just take his face away. And when the devil is interrupting or anything, he won't see anything. God, where are you? God is looking at you, but because you have not represented him, you have put poo on yourself. So that's why the flies are after you. God said, don't do this, don't do that. That is what you want to do. Don't expose yourself. That's what you want to do. You make God to be unhappy, and God will leave you for the devil to deal with you. And you think God is happy with you because you have life, you are enjoying life, things are working. In those days, you'll be struck dead immediately. So spiritually, a lot of people are dead because they are disobedient to the word of God. We will not be disobedient children. Say, but you are a father. Though Abraham does not know us, or Israel acknowledges us, you, Lord, are a father. Our redeemer from of old is your name. Why, Lord, do you make us wander from, uh, from your ways and harden your heart so we do not revere you? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes that are your inheritance. For a little while, your people possess your holy place. But now our enemies have trampled down your sanctuary. We are yours from of old but you have not ruled over, over them. They have not been called by your name. May we be called by the name of the Lord. Anyone that brings disgrace upon God be called by the name of the devil will not be called by the name of the Lord. God promised us a time of refreshing. Let's continue to have that time of refreshing and it shall be well with us. In Jesus' name. May we help to fulfill all the covenant of God concerning our lives. Next week we look more into it. I've just read God's vengeance to us. You cannot continue in sin and expect God's grace to abound. His grace will not be there for you at all. May the Lord bless us tonight. And when we leave this place, may the Spirit... Look, there are some references here. If you look at that Isaiah 11:2, it talks about the Spirit of God that the man of God has been teaching us. The Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of knowledge, understanding, and of the fear of the Lord. When you look at that Revelation chapter 1, 
verse 7 somewhere, he talks about the Spirit of God that is guiding his people. You understand? And now he said, the Spirit of the Lord was grieved because of the behavior of his people in that verse 10. The Spirit of God that comes upon us in that book of Isaiah 62 was supposed to lead us, to deliver, to help us to reflect, to deliver people from prison. But you yourself are the one that is in that prison. How can the Spirit of God deliver you? So that was 10 of Isaiah 63. Yet they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. May we not grieve the Holy Spirit. Amen. Talking about rebellion, we don't need to be fighting God and be shouting against God or something like that, no, for us to rebel. But those things that the Bible says, do not, do not. I always use blender because my, my life with uh, my uh, 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 woman lifestyle make me to, because I made such mistakes as well. The blender that you used yesterday is not the same as this blender. You have to read the instructions. A lot of people are reading God's instructions and they are not carrying it out. I just carried the blender, I just saw it. Not, you have to read the manual. Today, some of us are not reading the manual. We are looking at people to act. If she can wear this dress, her mama is not speaking. I won't speak because the Holy Spirit has told you at home. I will not speak. It's not now that I'll be speaking because you know it. I'm is not talking. He said, I can wear mine. <laughs> yeah. And we are telling you, you have the grace that people are telling you. So they are somewhere that have nobody to tell them. Let us not grieve the, the Spirit of God. Because when it comes upon us, He's supposed to perform wonders. That is Isaiah 32, verse 15. said, The Spirit of the Lord brings abundance. When the Spirit of God upon your life is supposed to bring in abundance and make things to happen around you, and you are grieving the Spirit, what will it bring? It brings destruction. I didn't say destruction. Destructions. May we hear that tonight. You might think things are working for you. No. Something happened some, sometime that I was telling somebody in a wedding. And God was telling me, for this that he has done, that's why I'm using wedding to, to, tonight to give you, for this that he has done, we'll be without ch- ch- children. Today it's not giving back. Are you listening to me? But I can't say it that day. I just told her, I said, you better go and fast. That's the way I can just relate it. Because you can't open your mouth to say. So when it's happening, they will say you are the one that prophesied, isn't it? You must be wise even in the way you. So it's going to be without children. And I said, please, for this that you have done, please make sure that you fast. Because I saw things I'm not supposed to say. This somebody like a child that is raised in a godly home. That's why I have to be very careful. Because this home, Christ the Tabernacle, is everybody's home. That's why I'm looking at everybody now. Don't behave as a sheep in the church and go and behave like wolf outside there. It's not allowed. Besides those of you that are studying the Bible and that the man of God is teaching. What does the Spirit of God need to do? In that Isaiah 34, the Spirit of the Lord carries out God's word. Help you to be able to know the word of God and you pronounce it. But when that same Spirit is becoming, you are grieving that same Spirit because of your, your behavior, the Spirit of God, is, is turned to be your enemy, is turned against you, then you have to be very careful. The Spirit of God in the book of Isaiah 40, 13, the Spirit of the Lord is the master counselor. I'm supposed to counsel you. When you are not listening to this counselor, what happened to you? Disgrace. You will not bring disgrace in our generation. Even Jesus has that spirit of God came upon Jesus. That was what Jesus was able to manifest as a young child. He manifested the spirit of God. May the grace of God abound in our life. 
through the spirits, God's true children will thrive. So why is it that God's spiritual children are not thriving? Why is it that they are, the more, they, they are supposed to thrive and they are bringing disgrace through the spirit of God? So it's the devil's spirit that is upon them. Anyone that brings disgrace to God, just know. Say, Mommy Omar said that disgrace and turn to Jesus' his flesh. God's true children thrive through the spirit of God. Isaiah 44, verses 3 to, to 5. Isaiah 48, verse 16. The spirit of the Lord sent Isaiah to prophesy. The spirit of God to move us, to speak for us. But today, prophesy, you can't prophesy. The gift of God is there, but to something to shake it. Because there is something, that is a sin. There is a sin that is causing that thing not to happen. May God forgive every one of us today. The spirit of the Lord is the, the, was sent to Isaiah so I can prophesy Isaiah 48 verse 16. In that Isaiah 61 verse 1, God's servant Isaiah, then Jesus, were appointed by the Spirit to proclaim the good news. The Spirit of God was to help us reflect God's glory anywhere we go. You know? To proclaim the good news. But today we are proclaiming bad news by our behavior, by our conduct, by our character, by the way, by our dressing. You are proclaiming bad news. Is this one a member of the church? Ah, he is not a member of Christ's tabernacle. When I see you do wrong thing, you are not a member of this church. You are a member of the world's church. I disown you by force. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord was grieved because of God's people. May we not grieve the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is supposed to give us rest. But why is it that things are going where we are in our lives? Supposed to give us rest. May the Spirit of God that comes upon us tonight give us rest. Give us a heart of obedience. Help us so that His vengeance will not come upon us. I close the word of God in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I believe that we are blessed tonight. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Amen. When next we meet, we'll be looking at that as I again, and then contributions, as you have read, and God has uh, really lead you in Jesus' name.